Welcome to another interesting episode of Being in Bali, and today we'll be covering the three Sandhya prayers. If you had to listen to the previous episode entitled How to Meditate the Balinese Way, you would have heard these mantras being chanted, translated as the threefold expression of faith. is a compilation of Sanskrit Hindu mantras chanted by devout Hindu Balinese three times a day, well, supposed to be three times a day. And these mantras are composed of primarily the Gayatri Mantra, which is a very important Hindu mantra, a salutation to the sun god, along with other mantras emphasizing on the unity of the many Hindu gods, as well as a begging of forgiveness or purity. In this episode, we'll be discussing about the politics behind this particular three sandhya arrangement and the musical arrangement of it too. And we'll be discussing at length the paper of uh, academic Megan Heinsen from the University of Pittsburgh. As covered in a previous episode of Being in Bali, religions in Indonesia are formalized. They are recognized by the state and they have to follow a certain characteristic, a certain framework uh, predominantly based on monotheistic religions such as Islam. Before, after Indonesia uh, regained its independence in 1945, the Hindu Balinese religion wasn't actually recognized as a religion. It was just recognized as a culture. This was back in 1952. And then afterwards, the Agama Tirta, or the local religion of holy water, had to formalize itself to Agama Hindu Dharma, or the religion of Hinduism as it's known all around the world. They had to adopt doctrines and scriptures. They had to codify their religious beliefs. They have to have standardized uh, Balinese theologies and prayers, as well as greetings. So, for example, the Om Swastiastu is a replacement or um, let's say not a replacement, but let's just say it is a an equ- it is equal to the Assalamualaikum in Muslim circles and the Allah in Islamic circles would then be Sangyang Widiwasa in Hindu circles. So they had to basically compensate and had to regulate themselves to adapt a formal religion, which they did, and accepted national recognition in Indonesia in 1958. In the face of the Muslims, they had the sholat or the prayers, the five-time daily prayers that they had to do. So they naturally questioned whether Hinduism had a similar set of regulatory prayers. And with that, the Hindu Parishad, or the Hindu Council of Indonesia, um, which was created in February of 1959, responded and said, yes, there is a Hindu tradition of worshipping the sun god and other gods primarily at three times during the day, which is at the morning, noon, and at dusk. At dawn, noon, and dusk would be the three holy times known as Sandhyakala, which would be primarily used for chanting mantras and for spiritual reflection and, 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 and meditation. Therefore, they said that Indonesian Hindus should perform the three Sandhya prayers three times a day. 
previously the Gayatri or the three Sandhya was chanted by the Brahmanas, the priestly caste of Hindu Dharma. However, um, in order to really, really stabilize Hinduism as a formal religion in Indonesia, it started being broadcasted on Balinese radio and TV stations in the since the 1970s. And to this very day, all the radio and TV stations, which has a base in Bali, would have the three Sandhya recording being played at three times a day. It would be at 6 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m. The track goes on for approximately five minutes, and we'll be listening to it in a bit. Uh, the same recording is also played on loudspeakers from temples, as well as from community meeting halls or banjar. And this also has um, a lot of similarity to the Islamic adzan or the calls of prayer. As um, Megan Heinsen says in her, in, her, in her paper, while this is yet another point of similarity to the Islamic adzan, which also began to be broadcast into the soundscape upon the rise of technology, a closer examination of the music and performance practice surrounding the three Sandhya reveals an effort to retain traditional aspects of Balinese culture and belief, despite the pull towards conformity in the fight for religious legitimacy. Uh, before we continue, I think it would make sense for you to hear this recording. And here it goes. <laughs> Oh, 
Sandhya prayers and this particular recording gives a sense of power, authority and uniqueness to the mantras being chanted. The mantra is chanted in a Kakawin style, um, formerly heard at temple celebrations and this single recording is the one that's actually repeated everywhere. So it's one uniform recording that's used in all places. There's not many recordings of this. And this particular recording is um, accompanied with the Gandharwayang, which is a type of gamelan um, assembly, as well as the ganta or the sacred bell. And these two sounds are considered extremely holy and are only used in the sacred courtyard of the temple reserved for offerings and other sacred performances. The place of music in this particular rendition invokes the Adat side of Hinduism in Bali. It evokes the cultural aspect um, or the tradition aspect of Balinese Hinduism, uh, which is in stark 
um, difference to Islamic belief where music is controversial um, or makruk, uh, sorry, makruh or mubah or even uh, forbidden or haram in aspects of worship. So this is to give a stark contradiction. To conclude, I will read the last sentence from the paper, which reads, This case also shows us that expressions of religiosity may be driven more by political struggle than traditional practice, and suggests that music and sound can be used to eclipse controversial histories and invoke a sense of religiosity that resonates with traditional orthopraxy and beliefs.